and welcome to episode 35 of the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Dave Davis, editor of American Dry Cleaner magazine. Joining me today for dealing with difficult customers is Brian Butler, president of Dublin Cleaners based in Columbus, Ohio. Today we'll be talking about how to train your staff to deal with customer claims, ways to avoid conflict with customers, what to do when conflict is unavoidable, and more. Hi, Brian, and welcome to the American Dry Cleaner podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. And to get started, Brian, in your experience or opinion, what are some of the most common causes of customer complaints? The best answer, which is pretty vague, I can give is is just simply that, that the outcome doesn't meet the expectation. Hmm. And that can be spot doesn't come out, which, I mean, every spot is different and every fabric is different. And I think that uh, sometimes people just think if the spot doesn't come out, you didn't clean it. Right. And, and we've all had the experience with our own, our own washer at home where you can shoot it with every spray and stick and treatment and keep running. And it just it's a stain. And so right. we tell people, look, there's spots and there's stains. This was a stain. <laughs> um, and, you know, then you got to kind of work through with uh, how much is this worth fighting over? You know, it's $10 unit. I mean, it's not wise to battle somebody too much over $10, especially if they're coming in on a weekly basis. And, right. So uh, we, we tend to fall on our sword and try to just explain them. We probably spent three or four times as much energy and resources trying to get that stain out than we would have uh, if it were just a spot or if it was just a general refresh and press cleaning job. And this kind of goes with that. Uh, how can cleaners best set expectations when it comes to difficult or delicate jobs as well as everyday items? Well, just telling people, look, we earned our ratings everywhere you want to look, whether it's online or through LCI or through the certifications that we've gotten from the industry associations, but we've earned those. And, you know, as the top provider in the market, we're your best shot, but nothing in life is guaranteed uh, except for paying taxes and dying. Right. And, and if right, we said, if you want a, a spot and stain removal guarantee, you got to let us use scissors. That's about the only <laughs> way we can guarantee that spot will not be there when you get it back. And sometimes just having that conversation, there's a lady that had, uh, a $900 bedspread that she'd gotten some unknown stuff on and had left it there for a long time. And we said, well, we're not so much worried about whether we can get those those spots off. We're just kind of worried about how long they've been sitting on that fabric and, and affecting that dye. And then when we do flush those out, will there be, you know, some discoloration that, you know, we got to talk about that up front and we need you to be comfortable with that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're just dealing with a, a white or blue Brooks Brothers shirt that's, you know, coming in and out of here hundreds a day, uh, there just isn't time to have those conversations. And so, you know, you, you play the numbers that not too many people are going to get too upset about it. And if one does, just, hey, what do, what do we do to make it right? And Brian, we touched on this a little bit, but how should cleaners train their uh, front staff to deal with customer complaints? How much autonomy do you recommend giving to the counter staff to make things right? Well, that depends on how much you enjoy arguing with customers. <laughs> <laughs> so if we have a customer that has a, a, a past history of being difficult or what we consider to be maybe a little abusive of a liberal claims process, mm-hmm. we have a, a way of dog-earing their file so that the person knows. And if they see that, they know that I'm just going to work this out with them. But that's very few and far between. In general, we've told our customer service staff, we don't want someone walking out of this store upset in a way that could lead to a bad review and ended relationship or, or a claim if it's a hundred bucks or less. Okay. And so, 
you know, ask the question, you know, do I, do I have through tomorrow for the production manager or an owners to take a look at this? And if the person, and, and most of them say yes. And so that kind of, it settles them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every now and again, you got somebody that says, you know, I think that you're, it, it's your fault. My left elbow of my shirt wore out. I don't care if it has been cleaned 60 times. It's your <laughs> fault. And, um, they need to get on an airplane to go to a business meeting and they were expecting to take that shirt or the, the, you know, the events tonight. And they say, I want to go over to Macy's and I want to buy a $60 shirt and you're going to pay for it. And we just tell them to say, yes, we will, you know, and, and not worry about whether they've spent $10,000 in here or three bucks for the one shirt, because with online social media and review local reviews, it doesn't matter anymore how much somebody individually spends. It matters how far their voice carries. Right. And so we're better off, you know, dealing with those situations. And, and if somebody is that difficult, especially early on, they're going to get that little marker on their file that they try to play the game again in two or three months. And the, the CSR says, you know, may, may I have a, a data send this to our production manager? And no, you can't. I've got this. I've got that. Well, I'm not empowered at this point to do any further. So I really do need to send it to them. We want to make things right with you. We want to make sure you're treated fairly. Mm-hmm. And I need that person's help because we've been in this position before and I didn't get that opportunity and I need to have it this time. And sometimes people don't like to hear that, but if they've gone through this with us more than a couple of times, it just gets to be too much. It's just not a good relationship and we can't be abused. And Brian, how do you suggest cleaners handle complaints when they know they're not in the wrong, both with honest mistakes and times where the customer has, uh, shall we say, less than legitimate goals? Yeah, I mean, there's, I can only think of a couple times where I said enough is enough. And I remember one guy, he none of the claims were big, but it was his sixth claim in two years. Right. And he wanted a brand new Joseph Bank sport coat, which he claimed was worth $900. And this is back when you'd, you'd buy one for $900, they give you three more free. And this thing, <laughs> this thing wasn't right. new. This wasn't even close to new. And so I, you know, he, he's on my list and I called him on the phone. He's telling me how terrible we are and everything else. And I said, just as directly as I can possibly make this point, if you really believed that we had caused all six of these problems, you would have quit us long ago. Mm-hmm. You would have deemed us completely incompetent. And, and much the same, the rest of the market would have, because you would have to assume that your experience isn't unique. So I think we both know that there's a great chance that we didn't cause most of these problems. But five times already, we've, we've tried to dive on the sword in order to keep the relationship alive. But we're at a point where this relationship is not worth keeping alive. And, and you know, this is just a bad relationship. It, it doesn't work. You're not happy. You feel like we're making all these mistakes. We need to end this relationship. And then he starts to backpedal. <laughs> he goes, no, I, but you're the best in town and, and you did better than everybody else. And I said, well, I've written you all the checks I'm going to write you forever. Even if we make, uh, even if we make a mistake and everybody can agree it was our fault in the future, five claims is beyond. I, I said, I don't, I don't. My family's been doing this 86 years. I've been involved in the administration for almost 20. I can't think of anyone else that we've written three checks to. <laughs> and it's really rare to write two. And, and you've had five right. and two years. And I said, so that's how the relationship has to go from here. You pay us for service, buyer beware. And he's still a customer today and has not asked for anything else. Huh. Um, we've had people get insulted by even a more subtle suggestion just to say that, you know, we, we just feel like we can't seem to, to get it right with you. And we're not going to hold it against you if, if you seek another source. And that's a pretty nice way of saying, just take your stuff and get out of the store. Right, right. Um, but, and then people want to get insulted by that too. So it, there's no one solution. There's no one go-to. 
And Brian, what are some common mistakes cleaners make when it comes to dealing with difficult customers? Trying to make the rules. You know, you see these on the back of my receipt, I'm only liable to 10 times the cleaning charge. And you look at it and you go, okay, you're getting 350 for a shirt, so you're only going to pay up to 35 bucks for a shirt. But that guy had that custom made at Tom James. Mm-hmm. He's not going to put up 35 bucks. It's going to be a slap in his face. And he's spending 200 bucks a, a month in your shop, you know, 50 bucks every week that he, he comes and picks up. And you're going to turn that slip over and show him that and say, this is how it's going to go. You know, the other big mistake, too, is not letting the people that are closest to the customer make the first chance to negotiate. We had a store manager who was very good at it, and her customers would never ask for, for more. And I remember one time there was a um, sweater that – I can't think of the brand name, but I know you get it at Saks. And it's about $700, $800 sweater when you buy them new. Mm-hmm. And we had something go wrong, and, and she sent it over with the claim for $15. And we called her and said, Tammy, how, what's going on? The customers wants 15 She goes, she got it secondhand at a, at a thrift shop. And she said all she paid for was $15. <laughs> and that's because she likes Tammy and she doesn't want Tammy to get in trouble for approving too great a claim. And, and Tammy was able to take care of it right then and there. Mm. So it was it was about their closeness of their relationship uh-huh. and, and the, the swiftness of solution. But, you know, if, if it had gone up the corporate channel and to a district manager and then to an owner and taken three weeks, she'd have probably felt, you know, neglected and, and started to think, well, hey, these things are 700 bucks at Saks. That's just what I'm going to tell them. Right. Um, and then the other thing, too, is when, when it is a big claim brand, um, we're, we're pretty firm about getting a receipt. And it's because if you get a big name, high fashion garment, you get it from a reputable retailer that has very good records. And it is not a burden to get that receipt. But there are lots of places to get secondhand defects, liquidations, mm-hmm. and they don't always label them differently. And you can get abused by people that you know, if they don't have any other St. John's knits and they don't have any other Gucci in their cleaning habit, right. it's an it's an anomaly garment. They you know they, they they stumbled into it, and you can kind of tell. So it's you know you want to you want to treat fair, but be treated fairly, also delicately. Yeah, good call on anomaly garments. Um, Brian, can you describe a time or two where you've worked through issues with angry customers, and how did you successfully de-escalate the issue? In general, it's just kind of we, we talk to customers and say, this is what we believe. And if the customer doesn't agree, we'll say there, there is the ability to send it out for analysis. But if it's not at least a few hundred dollar garment, then that becomes senseless because you'll spend more than or equal to the replacement anyway. Right. Um, and just talk just to say, listen, just I'm not a, you know, we're, we're a corporation, yes, but we're family owned. So let's just talk through this. What sounds fair? And sometimes they'll ask for um free cleaning and, and that's just too easy to do. There's no reason to negotiate for that. Mm-hmm. It, it almost ensures that they'll stick with you long enough to, to forget about this. Right. And I remember too with a, with the new uh, HSL barcodes and they're not new anymore, I guess, put them in 17 years ago. Um, <laughs> once we had a complete history on garments too, that gave us a really great position of objectivity. I had a jeweler who's got a shop here in town that we've known a long time. We had something go wrong and, and, we just felt like just better. His big customer, not even try to defend ourselves. It was going to be like a hundred dollar shirt. And we said, he said, well, what are, what are the facts of the matter? And we said, okay, it's your, I forget what the brand was, but uh, and you've, you've cleaned it with us 67 times in six years. And he goes, wow. <laughs> and, and he said, so you're asking me what I think it's worth at this point, probably fully depreciated. If I got six years out of that thing and had it in your place, you know, almost once a month for six years, 
I don't think we can put a price on it. It's it's worth nothing. I got I got its lifetime out. And then on the other hand, you you'll find somebody that'll take the completely different approach. A guy with a Hickey Freeman suit that he bought for nine hundred dollars told me seven years early that he needed thirteen hundred because that's what they sell for now. And I thought <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> Clothing does not appreciate. He was such a big spender that I said, you know what? One time since we've never been in this position before, I'm inclined not to argue with you if we can settle it for that because mm. you and your business. Are worth what you're asking and he just chuckled and he said okay so i can go get my replacement and you'll honor it i said i will and that was 10 years ago and he's never asked for another thing so it was it was the right right thing to do yeah you kind of gotta look at it holistic yeah we don't we don't make you know this isn't whale hunting we're we're net minnows here <laughs> right. in terms of making money it's just a few bucks at a time and it needs to go on a long time to ever get anywhere so, Brian, there's been a mistake made in the plant and a customer's garment has been ruined. Uh, what steps should a cleaner take to ensure that the event doesn't escalate into an argument and hard feelings? Communicate. Com- quickly communicate. Yeah, and we've got a, a production manager that's very good at picking up the telephone and, and, and in a very um, caring and, and concerned way to say, this doesn't happen very much, but we've had something go wrong here and, and we need to work through this with you. You know, start thinking about what you think we need to do to make it right. And if you if you have a feeling right now, you can share it with me. If you want to take some time and call me back, that's that's acceptable too. And we're going to take the charges off, send it back to you, and you just let us know what you think we need to do, and uh, we'll we'll hope that that's real fair, and, and we'll be able to wrap it up real quick. And Brian, let's say a customer is angry but didn't say anything in the store, but uh, leaves a bad review online. What steps should a cleaner take to uh, maintain uh, his or her online reputation? That's probably the one part of this whole story that is boilerplate. We never want to have that conversation in public on a public forum. So mm-hmm. the answer is is boilerplate. We're very oh, it's just something, oh we're very sorry to, to see this is how you were made to feel. Please call our office and we put our phone number in there as soon as possible and we'll work through this with you. Because we, you know, we just don't want anything spilling out any further than that. And so you know, if you look through our reviews on Google and Yelp or two places, we put a lot of time and energy, mm-hmm. you know, every now and again, you find one of those. And, and that's just kind of our standard response. And, and I'm, I'll tell you, less than 10 percent of the people actually call back. And but the, but for everybody who sees those reviews as they scroll through, they say a very see a very quick response, welcoming mm-hmm. them to call and, and get it worked out. So. so you're proactive in your communications on that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things where if they don't feel important pretty quick, it right. gets worse. And, right. and the, they never tell an objective account of what's occurred. <laughs> and they get really imaginative and creative at that point. You want to get them voice to voice on the phone at the very least. Um, well, but mm-hmm. it's nice if they're at the counter and, and human beings can sense human beings and say, okay, I'm sure you, you believe this, I believe that. There's, there's, there's some path to a fair middle. It's going to be that we're going to do what they ask on a first time. And especially if they have been spending a lot of money, but it just, it's not a world anymore where you just look at it and go, well, if they're a big spender, just, you know, go ahead and take it on the chin. But, you know, if they just wander in here every now and again, or this is the first trip, then, then forget it. They're just a con artist and they'll just go on down the road. We had one, one young guy, a grad student at Ohio State, engineer 330 one-star reviews across all of our review platforms within about a week. And it was just flat out extortion. Wow. And so, you know, when we, literally looked at all the situation. It was a claim for about $325. Put him on the phone and he, he was actually scared to talk to us because he thought we were going to like send somebody to beat him up or something. <laughs> and and I said, I said, let's just put down the difference of opinion on the garment. 
what is it you're after? Because I need the, those reviews aren't true and, I, and you're hurting my business. And this is one opportunity to work through this with me or else this is going to get uh, litigious very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want that. And I don't think you want that. And he said, I want my $325. And I said, where are you? I will bring it to you right now. And he got very <laughs> scared. He goes, no, no, I don't. No, no. I, you, you, you leave it at that store I go to. And, and I, I said, all right, fine. That's fine too. But not until every last one of those reviews is down. And he did. He took them all back down. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it all boils down to just communicate and try to figure out how to get someplace that maybe it's just like a lot of relationships. Don't, don't try to win every battle. It might cause you to lose the war. And Brian, for our final spin question, uh, what one idea about dealing with difficult customers would you like to leave with us today? I think it's, like I said, to, to summarize this, is to communicate thoroughly, quickly, and, and caringly, and, and not develop a mind that the customer's trying to take something that they don't deserve, because oftentimes that difference in perception is a belief. They're not all out to get us. And really, I think reminding the, the customer service staff, too, that if they try too hard to defend us, that they'll end up hurting us. Brian, thanks so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise with us about uh, dealing with difficult customers. You're welcome. Thank you. Our guest today has been Brian Butler, president of Dublin Cleaners, based in Columbus, Ohio. The American Dry Cleaner podcast is produced by American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. The music for this podcast, Brand New Day, is by Alavero Angeloro and provided by hooksounds.com. Our podcasts are available free at our website, americandrycleaner.com, and you can consult our weekly e-newsletter, The Wire, to learn more about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcast, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Dry Cleaner Podcast, this is Dave Davis, and I'll see you at the front counter again soon.